with date night with the missus talking through dinner and stuff you guys don't have the radio on you don't have anything going like you don't check your phones what are you guys talking about well we, we usually listen to SEN of course but uh, <laughs> today we, uh, we we thought we'd have a, a quiet trip up but uh, look the, the NBA playing tournament does start today so yeah, that okay, got a fair okay. bit of run we, we did our own analysis in the car our inform guide so we are looking forward to uh, watching the Washington uh, Wizards and the Boston Celtics uh, take place later this morning but, who, are you, uh, who are you tipping for that uh, I think we landed on Washington Jazz yeah, well, Bill, isn't Bill like running an injury at the moment? He looks busted up. Yeah, but you know, everyone's heard of this time of the year, baby. Okay. This is this is this is what we play for. This is the uh, this is it. Speaking from experience, I tell you what, the, the Russell Westbrook. Uh, by the time you, you, by the time you listen to this podcast, he would have already got his tri- his hundred eighty third, fourth, whatever it is, triple double or whatever it is for the year. Yeah. He's flying. So and the other one, Charlotte and who? Charlotte, Pacers. Indiana. Yeah. And so who that, got for that? I'm going. Uh, I'm a Charlotte boy now because uh, I like Scary Terry. Um, Terry oh Rosie, yeah, he's I like good in there. Like him, and obviously Ball, but and you got the Jordan brand. No, I got of Jordan. No, well, yeah. I'm Puma, but oh yeah, okay, yeah, sorry, yeah, Puma. <laughs> of course, no Puma is Stuff Puma Jordan. is our favourite uh, yeah, apparel yeah. brand around here. Yeah, but I'm going. I'm going Charlotte. Who are you guys going for that? Indiana, comfortably. Yeah, yeah. Of course you would. And I will say we got um, Zach from the Collective Noun near today. He is filling in for Jack because Jack had to go down to Goldie because he was sick. So he's... shout out. Doesn't have the mic on, but he gave me a thumbs up. <laughs> is that working? Weird. Yeah, man, I'm here. There yeah, we go. Um, and if people, Lions fans listening, um, Dom Fay and Zach used to do some stuff together. I still do, I'm pretty sure. But um, you, you probably recognise his face if you've seen him getting around. Yeah, that's right. What, what does Dom do? The uh, Lions podcast? The, the Raw Deal, I think he does. Yeah. The Raw yeah. Deal. So yeah. shout out to the Lions Raw that's Deal. That's still going as that's well. That's still going, it? yeah. Him yeah. and um, Mike Whiting. Yeah, yeah, Fish Whiting. So he's doing that. But run us through what you're doing up to these days. I know, because I, I actually gave him a little pump up before. He was in here when I was doing the SCN this morning. Um, he does some funny skits around origin time. Like mm-hmm. I generally laugh at him, like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm not easily, you know, satisfied. So, what are you up to these days? I'm doing a lot of TikTok, actually. Are TikTok? you guys on TikTok? I've are you just doing jumped that? on it. I've just jumped on um, it with my Call of Duty stuff. I got like forty thousand views on one yesterday. I'm not on TikTok. I don't understand how it works though. Like, it's how, good, man. Jump just, on TikTok. It's, it's great. just for your pages, and that gets you going. That's right. Yeah. And what? How do they see you at that? There's a collective noun. No, Zach Mander. Zach Mander. All mm-hmm. right. Well, Ooh. if you're there, go suss him Jump out. Pod. That's a little free plug. Look at that. Get amongst it. He, he, amongst he, Jack won't be allowed back in nah, next Jack. week. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. Um, yeah, you haven't been given too much, mate. Um, but we will need tips from you guys at the end. So if one of you guys figure it out who's um, running that, that show. Absolutely. Um, what's news? <laughs> what's news anyway? We've we got a fair bit. As I said, Jazz has put together our show notes today. So we've got actually a fair bit to, to, to delve into. But I'll tell you what, we've, oh, been, sp- we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, and uh, apparently there's some good news coming for Patrick Cripps in the Carlton Footy Club. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, it's all hasn't been 
fully settled, has it? Like I've seen, I've seen them in the media. It says four years. He's about to sign a four year deal. He, yeah. So, so the the speculation that we're that we're reading across media outlets today is that he is going to sign a four year deal. Yeah. Uh, it isn't quite a million dollars. It probably, I'm sure, isn't too far off. I'm sure they looked mm-hmm. after him in the end. But uh, I tell you what, it's it's a, it's great news for Carlton fans. It is great for the club, and it's great for him. Um, obviously, clubs would have been circling like sharks. Like he's, as I was, we've said it the whole time. He's um, one of the best players in the competition. I'm always a big fan of him since you know my first year. After my first year, I think so I didn't think he was that great in my first year. Um, but then he turned it on. I was tagging him in year two when I left. I was tagging him, but he's been like honestly like the heart and soul of that club for a good six seven years now. So um, that's huge for him. Um, if it does all go through, I'm sure he's happy with it. You know that shuts out the WA teams that would have been chasing him hard to go back home. But no, it's a good sign of um, um, I guess reward and faith that they've he showed the club. Um, through the hard times, he's carried that team for a long time, and oh, he has, hasn't he? And we were speaking about it last week that it would have been good for him to have, you know, a week off here and there. Um, and then, they, you know, it was weird because they came out and talked about him getting injections in a fractured back week in, week out. Mm. And then Tiggy came out and said that's not true. So I'm sure he's playing under something where you don't really want to give away too much um, with the inside knowledge. But that's huge for him and the Cotton Footy Club. They can kind of put that to bed now. I think they're going to try and sign Harry Mackay next or McKay, how do you say his last name? Um, I think he was probably next on the radar, but. With those two guys you know, locked away, I think they can really start building around those guys. I'm surprised everyone was so surprised. We got the exclusive 18 months we ago did. from Patrick himself. He, he told, told us, us in person he is going to sign long term. He did at the Carlton Footy Club. He's the captain. He wasn't. He, he had no desire to go back home to WA. Yep. Um, as he's always obviously been speculated that he that he might choose to do at some stage in his career, but. The, the Carlton Footy Club, for, uh, of course, in the last 20 years, you know, they've obviously had a very tough run. But I'll tell you what, it, it is a powerhouse football club. You it's you massive. know it having been yeah. inside the four walls. And, geez, if they can go all the way and he's the guy to help lead them there, he, his, his, his future and, and legacy at that football club will be cemented for many years to come. He's, um he, like, notoriety. He's on the path of Chris Judd. Obviously, Judd, he didn't win um, – the amount of finals and stuff that he did at the West Coast with the Premiership and, you know, but he did win two Brownlows and all that. Cripps is not too far behind him in terms of you know, who he is and the, the the stature he's building off-field. Uh, I'm sure he's got his hands in some pots, got a couple of houses down there. He'd have a nice little healthy bank account going along with it too. So a four-year deal would probably like, see him out, I'd say. Um, he'll be coming out of that as a hopefully, you know, played finals by then and won a few more BNFs and, you know, hopefully – for his sake, it could be up there with the Brownlow. So I'm sure he'll get his best. They'll, once they lock him away, it would be time to focus on him and what uh, makes him the best player that he is. Um, I dare say I still back it up that he might be running some kind of injury. Um, and he's and getting used to the new rules and the new players coming to that team. So I dare say um, now this has been done, that he, he should be sweet and a little bit of pressure off his shoulders and he can start focusing on footy again because contract talks <clears throat> are not fun, especially yeah. when you're, like, you're going through these big deals. I haven't been through that type of money type of deals, but I've had my f- fair share of three to four year deals. But um, I dare say, like, it'd be pretty good for him to get that done and dusted and start focusing on footy again. Yeah. What, what was the longest deal you got at the Brisbane Lions? I've, was it four years? I think it was four years. I think, oh, so I had, um, when the Blues got rid of me, I had two year deal, um, and then I had a three year deal, and then a two year deal with an extension on top of that. Now, now I'm on the one years as a, I was 31 year old. So, I think the manager's talking to the club at the moment. We're still going back and forth to see what that looks like, but um, it'd be awesome to stay up here as a line, that's for sure. Um, but, but yeah, 
need a few more zeros on the end of that one. Nah, that's not happening. Mate. I'm, just a, <laughs> I'm just a role player at heart. So, but they do they do pat me on the back during meetings every now and then. So that that keeps me going. But no, nah, I'm a I'm a line through and through, and um, I'll, I'll finish up my career here for sure. I tell you what, the way that you played last week, especially in that first quarter with that, with that intercept mark, I, I, I reckon I reckon he might be trying to push for a second or third year on that <laughs> on that contract extension. But look, we'll, we'll jump into the weekend. But before we do, I wanted to ask you about uh, some some stuff that's been happening around the house because yes. we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week. But unfortunately, you've you've had you've had a couple of issues that have popped up. Yeah, uh, yeah. So talk to us about what's what's going on with your cat at the moment. Oh well, what isn't going on with this cat? Goodness gracious! So, been uh, the the cat that I wasn't um, a part of uh, purchasing. We got a cat, uh, just a house cat. It's actually. I've never been a cat person. I've had trauma since I was a kid. One chased me around my sister's house and scratched me up, and I hated him since. Now, we got a cat, and it offers second balcony on our house. It's pretty tall. Like, if I jumped off, I'd break it both ankles. This cat's lunged off there, chasing. I think I was in a fight with a possum, maybe. Jumped off, fractured his legs, like, split, broken in two spots. Oh, no. Took it in. Um, they're like, yeah, mate, yeah, it's got a big, pretty big break in there. Well, look, we can go down the avenue of uh, fixing it with surgery, which would be five grand. I was like, <laughs> What? I don't even know this cat. I wouldn't pay five grand for chance if he broke his leg. Well, probably I've got health insurance, but yeah, I probably would actually. I would. But then, so we, so we came back, chewed out for a couple of days. We we looked at the fund situation, checked the bank account. Was looking great, so we didn't go down that avenue. They said, well, you know, the next best thing is to amputate it. It's very common, Mitch. Um, well, you know, everyone does this. It's they'll be fine. They just kept walking around like you know, recovery is sweet. So we we opted for that. We're going to get a cut off. And then when we went in, they had a look at it again. Like, oh, it's actually healing pretty good. Maybe we can just do a cast on it. It's like a six-week rehab type thing. It should be fine. It's only like 1100 bucks, And you come in you know, every once a week for $100. I was like, oh, that sounds pretty good. That, you know, we can do that. Yeah. And then, so long story short, got a little bit of surgery. Got the cat home in a, in a cast. And it, it shrugged the cast off within five minutes, I reckon. So oh, it's got no. no cast in there. It's walking around the house with a broken leg, just like limping. No pain at all, though. It's just chilling. It's yeah. fine. And now we've got to take it back in to get it done. So that's uh. the cat situation. So, so you were potentially going to have an amputation. Yeah, like, but like everyone has it. Like Emma put it up on Instagram and everyone was like, oh, that's a yeah, good job for doing that. Like, Because usually people will like put down cats if they yeah. get a broken leg. Like it's like a thing. It's like euthanasia, what's it called? Yeah, euthanasia. Euthanasia. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. the thing to do. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Like that's yeah. not in our, like the kids will be distraught. Yeah, that's the kids not are a crying convers- when they been, went to the hospital, like went to the vet. And I was like, this is crazy. Like these kids are that attached. I don't care regardless as a cat. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I don't know how you have that conversation with Chance and Charlie. I'm not, I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'll just say, look, you guys, this is what happens. You treat the cat like shit. It runs away. <laughs> Learn from this. That's why I don't get you animals. You've got guinea pigs at the back. They don't like you. The cat's gone. <laughs> So that's I was gonna use that if we had to get it put down, but it's good now. So yeah, Ben is good. He's gone. He's in the cast now. So that's 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 a bit that's a bit of that. Well, I'll tell you what, that, that's that's good news because uh... actually another one about TikTok. You know Cameo. Oh, so I've just done, jumped on Cameo. I know Cameo, yeah. Yeah, so I got hit up by Cameo to get on board, and I was like, oh, yeah. I think I was on some other one that I was getting stuff for. I don't really know which one, what it was called, but I'm on Cameo now, and I got my first, like I did it yesterday, I got my first two requests. One was like a straightforward one, like, oh, hey, can you just hold up a beer and say, like, yeah, this, I was like, personal joke, I yeah, know, something yeah. about a beer. The next one was a little bit weird. Okay. So I can read it out for you. Please, yeah. Um, it kind of started along. Like, hey, Mitch, I uh, was wondering if you could do a video for my friend's birthday. Is it possible you could show your soles of your feet in this video? Is it uh, in, hold on, in, what? What? what the was soles that? of my feet. Yep. Uh, let me finish it. It's an inside joke. She can't stand it when her boyfriend puts her feet near her. Could you please put yours in front? 
So I was like, uh, yeah, just send through the request um, and I'll have a look at it. Oh. And it gets it goes in that avenue. And I was like, nah, this sounds like, sounds like a foot fetish, right? Oh, this is, yeah. I, who I think who it, gets it? I think, I think someone's creating an OnlyFans this, account for you. This, 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 is, this is getting a little bit weird. Like, I've been on the, I've been on the camera. Like, shout out camera, but I've been on there for not even 24 hours. I'm getting some weird foot fetish requests and stuff. So I, I, don't, know about, I don't know about this. I don't know about it. I might do it, but it's only uh, thirty bucks, so I might have to bump the price up. I tell you what, if if if, if that's all it's going to cost for me to get you to do some, <laughs> some pretty wicked shit, I'm. Well, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's my first experience on this app, but um, I might, you know, every man's got his price, so I might, to, I might have to bump it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, clearly, I reckon but, yours might be a little bit too low. But we're talking about this off air before. Um, we AFL players, I think people in general with a bit of like um popularity get these requests like yeah. the boys get these random ones in their instagram dms to stand on someone i don't know if you've heard of this nah so they want people they want a player to stand on another player on their back with a with a shoe, shoes and socks yeah. off and they'll pay you like one to two grand you're kidding no word of a joke so one of the boys have done it um they get paid well we said pay us first and we'll do it yeah yeah um and they paid and the boy did it but we like blurred the faces out of the stuff but this is a wow. real thing that's, it happens. Are you kidding? So I'm not people joking. slide into players' DMs on the and get regular. To... On the regular, my friend. Boy. Oh wow, this is a... so. This is like I don't. I can't talk about what else we get asked to do. We are stuff, blowing but... up the industry right now. This is a this is a trade secret. Sorry, that... it's some it's some. You know, if you guys are looking for some little bit extra cash on the outside or under the table, this is a way. To go wow, this is. I think I think we've just we've just unveiled something that I should really uh... I should really give a shout out to who did it, but I kind of put him in that situation. <laughs> I can't do it to him. But yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's what's been happening in Robbo's world for the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, so, and of course, you guys had the Q Clash on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I joked about it before, but I, I, did, I really did think that you, you might have been a chance for the Marcus Ashcroft medal at one stage. Oh, and I, I know we joked about it before the game. I, I said to you, I'll be there to cheer you on for when you win your second Marcus Ashcroft medal. And, and mm. by halftime, I thought, geez, you are a red hot chance here. You are absolutely in the hunt. Uh, and I'll t- tell you what, the, the game itself, I mean, very difficult if you're a Suns supporter. Yeah. Um, but to Which see you, the, you are, aren't you? Yeah, like yeah, of course. Half, yeah. half. Because yeah, you yeah. worked there for six years, so you must have a little soft spot. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, of course, I want to see, you know, the Brisbane Lions do well. And, uh, you know, certainly both teams in Queensland do well. But that was that was just a clinical performance from Brisbane. And mm. um, I love the fact that when you're actually at the game, you, you see how accountable you all hold each other to. I mean, in the first quarter, I think you and Zorko were going at it because something had happened and it was really, it was really, it was really, it was, it was great to see because you guys were were genuinely wanting to, to hold each other to account and I loved it. And you can see why you guys have such a great relationship and you know, why the team itself is in such a good position. But how did you see the game? Because you were obviously out there. I I said you had a really good game and um, yeah, I thought it was just a clinical performance from the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, it was like, we we aim to have a four quarter performance, um, especially at halftime we spoke about it. We haven't really had one this year. Like the week before we played Port, um, we did well for the first three and then we let him in the last quarter. So I really wanted to have a four-quarter performance. And we didn't win the last quarter. We lost by like three or four points. But in saying that, like the first three was really good. Um, we, we scouted them pretty well. Uh, uh, unfortunately for them, they, they lost Took Miller, who's a big cog in their midfield. Uh, mm. you know, I think he was top four or five in their coaches award, um, coaches votes. So we, we understood that him out there was um, kind of a little hole in their, in their midfield. But, you know, we weren't under any illusions that they still got some quality players in Greenwood and Luella and those blokes and uh, Brandon Ellis on the wing who I was playing on for the majority of the game. Um, I think we just did a really good job in terms of winning the contest and the territory battle. Um, so we really want to get out of the blocks early. It was a, it was a, 
it was a tough battle in the first quarter, and then you know, we just you know stuck to what our you know process was, which was winning contested footy, um, and kicking into our four tall fours because you know, we got like three blokes down there who are above two hundred centimeters, so we thought that was an advantage for us, and um, we tried to do that, and it just worked out well for us in the end, and. It wasn't really a tackle type game. There wasn't many tackles on both sides of the of the fence, um, but we just really wanted to run away with it, and that's what happened in the end. But yeah, uh, it's unfortunate for like Queensland footy. Like we really want, we really want a big Q clash for them, as you know, Q clash twenty, and we're happy we got the win and stuff. But um, yeah, it would have been, I dare say, good for both of us if it was a if it was a bigger game. I tell you what, you'd be you'd be expecting a response from the Suns in the next Q clash later this yeah, year because um, you know fourteen unanswered goals. I think yeah. is is what it was at one stage and. You, I mean, it didn't look. It, it looked like it could have been twenty. You know, at one stage, you know, until they obviously made that that charge late in the third quarter. Yeah. And as you said, they they won the fourth quarter by about three or four points yeah, in yeah. the end. So, um, look, oh, I thought I thought your your chains. You know, in terms of how you guys are actually scoring in transition. Um, you know, we had Hugh McCluggage on the show last week, and he was talking about the connection between the midfield and the forward group is starting yeah. to to really sort of strengthen. And and I felt like we really saw that on the weekend. Like you can really see that the chemistry and and the the chains that you guys are getting from the stoppage inside your forward 50 is really starting to work is is there reasons for that is it because you know someone like joe and, and hitwood are starting to work better with each other like what what do you bring it down to yeah it's more like connection? more like consistency with the with the team we've got we've obviously got a few new occlusions in the stuff so we had a lot of intercept marks in the back line which started our chains um against the gold coast and we had a plan to be able to move the ball through our feet um get our uncontested marks up th- um, versus them so now they play a one-on-one brand of footy and we thought we could exploit that so that's something that we went down that path but yeah, as you mentioned, um, coming from the back half to to our middies, like the, we got some really great ball users in there, in like McCluggage and um, Zorko and Jared Lyons that we spoke about um, going forward. So it's just understanding our players and, and how they work. Um, obviously, we got um, Joe Danner who's in here now, starting to play some really good footy. He's our second ruck at the moment, who's getting um, career high disposals every week, and he's really really moving well. So um, it's exciting to see those guys connect with our forwards and, and scoring off that. Um, but yeah, it's still a work in progress. We're not we're not the best team in the comp at We're still learning a lot of um, um, things along those lines of um, connection and how we get in the ball, where we put the ball, and you know what, how they like it. So um, yeah, it's good. It was a great win for us, but um, it's not one that we were like happy with that we're gonna you know, do that to every team every week. Like we got Richmond this Friday night, which is gonna mm-hmm. be one of the toughest games of the year, and it's a really good test for us to see where we're at. Um, we're starting to build a little bit of rivalry with them. They beat us two years ago in the final, and we beat them last year. So. There's going to be a bit of feeling in that game, and I'm really excited for that. So as soon as we won, we pretty much, you know, Fag spoke about moving on as quick as we can. Did the review on Monday, then we did the preview yesterday, and, you know, we're focused on Richmond 100%, so we're looking really forward to that one. Yeah, well, what's the what's the talk, I suppose, amongst the group now? Because you look at the top four, so you've got Melbourne, the Western Bulldogs, Geelong, uh, Brisbane, and then just outside top four, rounding out the eight is Port Adelaide, the Sydney Swans, West Coast Eagles, and Richmond. Yeah. Um, is that kind of reflective of where you kind of felt those teams would be at this point in the year? Because I've always said you kind of have to allow for the first six to eight rounds of football to yeah. pass to kind of get a sense of where teams do sit. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone saw Melbourne being 9-0. Yeah, um, probably and, Melbourne the one that was, that's not not shocking because I've always said on the potty, even when we spoke to Gorn, I was like, mate, you got one of the best lists in the comp. Mm. Um, we, uh, we spoke to him about why they weren't performing at their best, what, like, what happened after the prelim when they went down the ladder after that. Um, we always spoke about positively how they how they could easily go back up the ladder and they're just showing it this year. But that's probably the biggest one for me that I didn't expect them to be up where they are, um, especially this early on. So them and the Doggies, um, they're definitely a top eight team. Um, so we'll see 
when the season pans out, how teams are going to start reacting to playing those guys. And, you know, we, we play Bulldogs and, and we got a taste of the handball chains they do. Melbourne are very similar the way they play their game with their handball um, chains. They like to move it at the back line with their hands and go you know, beat you at the source, a lot of numbers, and then go from there. Like Bulldogs numbers, they're racking up. Like every on the midfielders are racking up 30s, which is mm. ridiculous to me. I, kinda, I can't fathom yeah. that. So it's just like seeing the ladder where it is now, I think we're around 10 this week. So you're kind of starting to get a feel for what's potentially going to look like um, in the back end of it. But um, it's just one of those things that we want to be thereabouts top eight. We want to be obviously be in the top eight for starters, but you know, we, we don't say like, we want to be top four. We want to be here, there and whatever. Like it's generally one week at a time for us. Like that's the biggest cliche in the, in the book history books, but that's what we are. We see a team the week we're playing against and we don't think it's an easy win. If we feel uncomfortable, if we feel comfortable going to that game, like we did against Sydney, we got pumped mm. and we expected to, you know, from all the tips and all that stuff and the, the, the odds will tip it to, to smash Sydney and it didn't happen. So, that could be a mental thing. Um, so we, from that game, we learned from that. And, you know, from then on, I think we've won six out of seven. So um, the top eight's looking like it's a pretty good top eight at the moment. And the team below us, they're all like, I think, same same wins, losses, percentages pretty much besides um, Richmond and the seventh team. Well, the Brisbane Lions, uh, Port Adelaide, Sydney all, all Swans and West Coast are all on 24 all points. All 24 points. So it's all percentage at the moment. So obviously the game on the weekend helped our percentage a little bit, but... Um, We've still got a lot of um, RFIs that we're working on, so it's it's not like we yeah we've found the, the the blueprint to beat all these teams. It's it's literally just we're still working on everything. So so when when teams are that close, you know, on the ladder, does percentage at all become a conversation? Like like the weekend, for example. Mm-hmm. So you, you you clearly understand at halftime you're you're probably going to win by a lot of uh, like in terms of the margin of the game and, yeah, the, yeah. and what it was. Is there a conversation at all around? Look, boys, the more we can pile on here, the better our percentage is going to be. Like, is that a conversation that does happen at, at any level? Mm, not necessarily. Um, or, or is it just a conversation? Is it something in the back of your mind that you know? No, we, like, obviously players think about percentage because they play such a big part in the in the, in the the game these days, um, especially come finals time. If, you, if you're missing out on a fourth spot in a like, oh, home finals because mm. of percentage, like, you can't do much about it. Like, a four-point win is a four-point win. We will take that every other week. I don't care if we win by one point or 100 points. Yeah. A four-point win is great for us. But in saying that, we do need to um, work on how to finish off the games and how to put them away earlier. Um, we get ourselves in situations a lot where we're in front by, you know, 30-some points and it ends up being closer than it is. So we, we're still working on um, ways to finish off those games or put them to the sword earlier. It's um, it's not a massive conversation within our four walls, that's for sure. We just talk, I think about the process and doing the fundamentals and basics well and the rest look after itself. Like, we're massive on our defence and the offence just comes from that. So... Like speaking, not on behalf of Fags or the coaches and that, but I'm pretty sure we're we're just keen on winning games. And if we win by a lot or win by a point, like it's a, a win's great for us. Yeah. So now, now talking about winning games, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into Richmond towards the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. But uh, North Melbourne, geez, wasn't it good to see David massive, Noble get his first win, win for the Kangaroos? I, we, I think we're playing similar times. So I didn't get to see it, but um, I watched like the highlights of the the reactions and stuff, and you can see the. The excitement and the enjoyment from um, Nobes and the players, even Josh Lockman, they're giving each other hugs and stuff. It looked, looked pretty satisfying to see. So I was happy they got a win. That's a bit of pressure off those guys off their back. And they, they're probably a sigh of relief. Like, like oh, fuck, we've got our yeah. first win. We can start playing some footy now and just, um, you know, enjoying ourselves out there because, man, they were copping it sweet in the media. That mm. was like, it was would have been tough down there. So yeah. that's, a, that's a big win for them. And, and there is some grace that's been given towards the North Melbourne Footy Club. Like everyone yeah. knows that this is the first year of David Noble. It's going to take some time to, to, to build yeah, what yeah. his game plan is going to look like. But 
Jeez, you, there is no substitute for winning. You just you Mate. just need that feeling and that belief to come through the playing group um, to understand that. Hey, look, you know, if if we can execute our game plan, you know, wins will happen. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that like it's a, it's rewarding to know that you, the the belief you have within the game plan. Like I don't know how much Nova's gone in and changed. You don't. When Fakes, I start again. When Fakes came into our club, he he didn't change too much. He gave us a, a little bit of a blueprint to play by, and then as the years go on in in his in his tenure at the club, we start working on specifics. In the first year or so of a new coach coming in, it's pretty much just win contested footy, territory battle, get the ball going forward, clearances. Like yep. That's pretty much what they work on. They wouldn't be working on like the specifics of how they're going to move the ball on the 45s, Correct. handball chains, all this. It's more just win the ball, get it going forward, and then we can like kind of build around that. So I'm sure he would have set up a press defensive mechanisms in there, but it's pretty much, I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but it's just going to be win the ball like, and get it going mm. forward. And then the, the force of the work, hold the ball in there, Time and forward half is humongous in AFL. Yeah. And you get more scoring opportunities from that way. So I dare say that's that's what they're talking about down there. Um, and then, you know, I think he's got two to three years and then he will start working on things once he gets the trust in the players and, and the trust in the system they're working with to go from there. So it's a massive win. Good on him. I'm proud of you. Shout yeah. out, Dave Noble. Absolutely. Now, now from one former uh, colleague of yours to another, uh, Justin Lepich, you know, has actually made Big some Lepa. headlines in, in the last – few days there, there's some talk and interest that potentially the Carlton footy club and the Collingwood footy club would be interested in, in bringing yeah. Justin uh, into their into their fold he's obviously of course been uh, part of Richmond's uh, dynasty as, yep. as their defensive linebacker coach and um, it, it seems as though he is someone who he stepped away from the game last year citing wanting reasons to, to be able to just take a bit of a breath and and he's been able to do a lot of media work you know, since leaving the game yeah I saw that for such a short period of time but but there's already you know Conversations being had amongst big, powerful Melbourne clubs to bring this uh, this this former senior coach into their yeah, fold. Yeah. What, what did you make of the news when you heard? Because of course you've been coached by Leper, and yeah. uh, you know he obviously gave you a number of opportunities as well. But from everyone you, you hear, he he's a great football mind. Yeah, oh, he's he's one of the smartest coaches I've had. Um, and in terms of what he did at Brisbane, he probably didn't have the list that he would have liked to go forward. But in saying that, they had he had a few years to be able to recruit and do all these things, but. Um, he was he was great for me personally. Like I, I, he gave me my first opportunity to come up here, and I spoke to him on the phone after the, the Blues cut me. Um, and we spoke about you know life outside of footy, um, you know kind of connections and what I'm looking for to get out of my my career and what I'll do if I was in Brisbane and what position I want to play. So he was really like arms open. He's got a great family too, um, and they get around a lot of the players and they have people go for dinner and stuff. So I, I really rate a leper. Um, and uh, the thing I, I hate, I hate seeing like coaches or players who go into the coaching role at the same club. Like it's always mm. such a hard battle to let them go um, and break that relationship because he was a legend of the Brisbane Lions. Yeah. And for him to go from there to the coach and then being you know, sacked, quotation marks sacked or let go, it's a hard one. It's a hard one to see and it's a hard pill to swallow, I think, for him. But he's great as an uh, assistant coach. And from all, all reports and down um, Tigerland, he was like a massive driving factor in some of their players, getting them going again and... Um, you know, he's got a great place, uh, relationship with Dusty and Rancy and stuff. And those guys were at their highest peaks. And so I'd love to see him go to another club and, and do that again. He left last year. I'm not too sure why. Probably mm. just wanted to break from it all. Like it's a pretty st- you know, stressful job, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to see him do another role. It's just, it's weird to see that the clubs are chasing him now. Like we saw like the Juddy thing where he said he didn't want Colton to have any, like a training world type coach. And then they're trying to get these other coaches in to help them out. It's, it's kind of like a contradicting thing to say, but in saying that, Leper would be great inclusion at either club, um, mm. but it feels like there's a little bit of undertone going on there when they're talking about bringing in these new coaches so early on in the year. Like, is that, yeah. is that fair? Like, it just feels like it's 
when you're talking about bringing coaches in to help coaches this early, it's a little bit worrying. Yeah, I mean, the formalised relationship. And where's it coming with, from? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, I mean, the, in 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 an era where you know we're, we're losing money in the football department spending, yeah. you know, Carlton are almost doing the opposite. They're 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 finding ways to try and bolster their their group, I suppose, around uh, yeah. David Teague. Uh, I mean, they formalised the relationship with John Walsfold, you know, yeah. only just a few weeks ago to have him as the official mentor for David Teague. Is that so? Is he is he there now? He he is part of the Carlton Football okay. Department. Yeah, so yeah. he he's there on a what I believe to be a consultancy mentoring role for, yeah, for just David to Teague. Help him out a little bit. Um, and then I suppose the 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 interesting part with with Carlton with with Leper is they actually approached him uh, two different ways. One as a potential replacement for Chris Judd on the board as a football director and okay. then another as a senior assistant. So uh, I thought it was quite interesting yeah. how obviously they, they do highly target um, someone of his calibre to come in their football club. Yeah. Um, I suppose in a, talking about coaching transitions and I suppose in the in the AFL, there's a, a highly speculative uh, transition agreement between Sam Mitchell and Hawthorne. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I find this one really interesting. Yeah. Everyone sort of agrees around the game that uh, Sam Sam Mitchell is a, a senior coach in waiting. Um, Hawthorne are in this really difficult situation, of course, with Alistair uh, Clarkson. Yep. Um, they obviously brought him back from West Coast because they feel like he is someone who could be a long-term um, replacement for Alistair. But I suppose the, the question that I have for you is if, if Alistair still has the hunger and the desire to coach uh, at this level long-term at the Hawthorne Footy Club, would you be in a position to let him go um, to, to to bring in Sam Mitchell? I mean, I, I just don't know whether I would want to replace the greatest AFL coach of all time if he's got the hunger to, to play for another 10 years. Yeah, you just got to understand where the clubs are and where they're going in terms of um, the future. Like the win-loss ratio at the moment, probably not um, helping his cause where they should be going if they think that, oh, we've got a great list, they should be here winning this amount of games during 2021 or they should be sitting here on the ladder. If they're trying to reflect like his coaching ability to where the team is at or what the list they have right now um, and the expectations of that, then they'll probably be saying well, I should be looking at another avenue for a head coach um, or some younger, fresh coming into the game, um, bringing in some you know different views to help him out. I still think Arsenal uh, Clarkson, you know, we spoke off here that he's probably one of the best coaches in the history of the game. Like look at his proteges that have come from his coaching ranks. Like there's, I think there's like five of his assistants coaching head row, like head coaching yeah. roles now in the system. Like, and we've got ours at Lions um, in, in Chris Fagan and he, Correct. he can't speak any more highly of you know, Clarko. So it's, it's, it's weird to see like there might be a, a handshake agreement or a handover happening. Um, I don't think Hawthorne's come out and talked about doing a rebuild or anything at any time soon. There's, you've still got a, a healthy list. They, you know, they've got some great players and then Walpole and, and Mitchell who are, you know, massive ball winners. And um, I think they're just trying to find out what, what works for them. And, it could be media speculating on um, what's going on there, bringing Sam Mitchell back from West Coast when he was coaching uh, in the midfield group there. So I'm not too sure. I, I wouldn't jump at uh, trying to get rid of Clarko anytime soon. Like he, I'm sure he still has a lot of uh, great ideas and um, coaching um, years left in him. So it's one of those ones when you see like an older older um, head at the at the front of the um, line. Is he like is it getting past him type thing? Like it happens with players. So. Mm. It might happen. Might be happening with the coaches too. Uh, yeah. I'm not too sure, but I, w- I wouldn't be quick to get rid of the great Clarko. No, neither would I. I mean, if 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 all they move on from from Alistair Clarkson, there would be 17 other clubs that would all straight ring away. Up Alistair and say, straight away. Look, can can we ask the question? Because mm, pro- we probably wouldn't, but 
Uh, well, yeah, you, you, yeah. I'll, uh, let's go sixteen. Uh, I think I think Fagan's signed on a couple more years. So. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, I mean, Fagan and, and Fagan's come out and said he wouldn't coach at any other football club. I think he's no. been on the record for he's that. He's a Tassie boy's laws. Um, so That's he's good. he's certainly he's certainly a Brisbane line through and through. Uh, Jordan Dugowie, obviously, this was something that came up in the last couple of days. He's actually he's actually uh, escaped sanction over the uh, the dressing room incident that yeah. we've seen over the last couple of days. Um, what did what did you make of this? I mean, we we spoke about it off air, and and we'll, we'll probably approach this in a different way. But um, you said on radio this morning on SEN uh, breakfast uh, here in Queensland that it's certainly something that doesn't happen at the Brisbane Lions. Um, it's, it's these things keep popping up. Um, the AFLPA always speak to us about um more access of you know the cameras and the media coming into you know halftime talking to the players all the time. Like there's cameras everywhere. But we understand where they are and when, when you can and can't do those things. And there's nothing ill towards what happened in that in that situation, um, in that in that huddle. I think it was a halftime huddle. Like, yeah, halftime. Halftime yeah, huddle. And, so, yeah. um, when that, when, when Dugowie did what was done. Yep. <laughs> but in saying that, like, behind closed doors, the boys are like, the camaraderie and the, the funny things we do like around there, like, it's 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 what happens behind closed doors. And we know there's not cameras there and stuff, but... No, it happened a couple of times last year, and it's, it's a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's not nothing we do at the at the Lions, and um, I'm you know pretty afraid of Fagan at halftime, so I'm not too I'm not joking around like that too much. But I don't know. It's it keeps popping up, and um, I think they investigated it. AFL investigated it, and nothing came from it. So I think it's just a uh, play on. But yeah, I think maybe there's a time and place for that stuff. But um, you know, it, 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 it's just it's a hard one for me to talk about because like. Yeah. You know, I know how we are as players. Like we we, we muck around a fair bit, and yep. it's like it's not nothing ill towards what's happening. It's this bit of banter with the boys. Yeah, it, it it always gets brought up, I suppose, when something like this happens. Around, um, you spoke about access. You know, players obviously, yeah. uh, and the game wants to give the fans as much access as possible. There is a, a train of thought that maybe cameras shouldn't be allowed in the well, in the they change could, rooms. They could like that's a halftime thing. They can just play that after the half. Like they don't have to show it. Like yep. they're, surely they pre-record. Like the, the halftime thing's happening. They don't have to show you straight away. They can show you like a minute like delay, surely. Well, I, I, I would think that's what would happen. Or has someone um, just seen it and been like, oh, what the hell? And then put that out on the Instagram and the social media. Well, I think that's probably what happened. Well, yeah. I mean, that certainly... You can't foresee that happening. I, I will give a shout out to yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to get sued here by <laughs> no, Foxtel. So no, 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 we're, no. Not, we're not accusing anyone of anything. No. Let's put that on the record. But no, no. I suppose it does It does bring up the question, you know, should, yeah. should cameras be allowed in the players' change rooms? And, yeah, definitely. I'd, obviously, behind closed doors where we get changed and things, a no-go zone. But I think that's fine. Um, just players got to be more aware of what they're doing and where the cameras are like they're... They're everywhere, and you see, you, you know where they are too. The players know where they are, so it's just being smarter with what you're doing and when you're doing it. Yeah. So, so you, you you don't have any issues with cameras being in? in no, none at all. None at all. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, we've got a couple more here that we that we want to get to. Uh, we we actually didn't get a chance to, to talk about this last week. We we had it on our run sheet, but we we were just running over time. Um, uh, Taylor Harris is yeah. is obviously going through some negotiations at the moment um, around uh, her playing future in the game and 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 I suppose salary and and you know we've we've obviously all seen the the media reports um, that the Herald Sun actually went with the article um, to to report that uh, Taylor Harris is asking for about one hundred and fifty thousand to yeah, play yeah. Yeah. in the uh, twenty twenty two AFL season, which would actually make her one of the highest paid players um, AFLW players in the in the sport. Yep. Um, her manager Alexandra Saundry, who uh, I've had the 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 pleasure yeah. of actually um, uh, catching up with a couple of times, and actually can't talk highly enough of, of Alex and and what she's doing for for all her AFLW clients. Um, there's there's I suppose 
a su- suggestion, uh, and there was a lot of backlash. I think that's probably fair to say. I don't think we're yeah. speaking out of turn that there was a lot of backlash. Um, well, even when I saw it, I was a little bit, oh, that's a that's a fair sum. Yeah. So when, I, when I'm reading all the articles, I'm trying to get a grasp on, like, when a player goes through contract negotiations, I can't speak too much on the AFW because, you know, I'm not an AFW player and I don't understand too much about um, the base salaries and how much work they put in for the couple of months that they're actually you know, pay for being at work type of thing. So I can't speculate too much on how that all goes down. But as an AFL player, our contract's obviously based on um, what we bring to the table in terms of playing ability, what role you play within the team. The marketing thing doesn't come into it at all. We don't speak about that. We get an ASA, which is a, a bargaining agreement type thing for us where they can use our image for things. Um, every player has one of those if you go down that avenue. So I'm on a base base salary and match payments, and I get an ASA, which is like they use my image on membership. Um, I do shout-outs on videos or whatever it is. Or I do stuff for appearances for them. That covers that. So what I, when I saw her 150K playing contract, that's when I was a bit like, oh, that's a fair fair ask, um, mm. considering not just saying this, but like coming off when I, when I, not a great year for her in terms of stat-wise, not her best year for career and didn't finish top 12 in the BNF. I was just thinking along the lines of probably that's a bit high for that. Um, if you've had like an Aaron Phillips type year, then oh my, like I think she's probably definitely should be the highest paid player in the AFLW by far. Yeah, she's a very good player. And there's a few other girls along those lines who are knocking that door as well. I just think that there should be a, a playing contract for these type of players who have a you know Insta-famous life as well, who, who, who noticeable players. Like when you had Moana Hope, there should be like a marketing agreement or marketing contract or salary on top of your playing salary. So yep. so players like myself, say if I, I got more followers than like a Neil, he's won a Brandon medal. Yeah. I, sh- I shouldn't get more than him because of that. So there should be a playing contract and a marketing contract in terms of that. That's what I think just so it makes it more fair. Um, Cause you know, she obviously puts bums on seats and you were saying yeah. before name 15 other players in AFW that are Lions players. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to struggle outside of Taylor well, Harris. Well, I've put up the AFLW uh, <laughs> <laughs> the 2021 <laughs> All-Australian or I've got name them. But, yeah, there's definitely some players who are worth a lot more money than other players in AFLW and who put bumps on the seats. Um, so, yeah, there should be a marketing element and there should be a playing contract. That's yeah. what I think anyway. So, so, so just to give you some context, so Taylor's uh, regarded as a Tier 2 player, yep. um, which means she earns, uh, according to Mark Robinson from the Herald Sun, uh, is paid $25,000 to play football. Yep. And the remainder of her, um, income comes from marketing and employment roles at the footy club. So this year, um, she's earned, she's believed to have earned around eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and so they're they're essentially asking for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to in terms of what they believe her market value to be. Yeah. Um, I sit on the other side of the yeah. fence to a lot of people. I, I think Alex should be asking for two hundred thousand or more. I, I think I think Taylor is is worth more than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the AFLW competition. Mm-hmm. We speak about marketing and and sport and entertainment. At the end of the day, sport is entertainment. So 100%. there's a reason why Paul Gallen is getting paid 1.5 million to 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 fight against Justin Hunas, yeah. um, who's the the number one rated heavyweight in the in the country. It's because he brings bums on seats. Yeah. You know, he's the marketing. People want to see him people, get knocked out. Yeah, yeah, people want to get, see him get knocked out. I yeah. mean, there's a marketing element. He's not the number one heavyweight boxer in Australia, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he's the number one prize fighter that we yeah. have. So he deserves 1.5 million. I think. The same argument could be had for Taylor Harris. I mean, she has the statue on Federation Square. She is the one that sponsors want at their marketing events. She's selling memberships. She's an absolute ambassador to the game. Yeah. 
I mean, I think there could be an argument that $150,000 is below her market value. Yeah, for sure. And that's what her manager will be talking about. That's mm. that's their fair. Like, players get paid what their value is. Like, Brad Hill, who keeps copying it week in and week out for his, his, um, his output on field, he's on a lot of, like, reportedly on a lot of money. He's not giving, he's not playing like the money he's on. Mm. He doesn't go, oh, pay me this much money and I'll play like this. Like, if you're going to pay someone that, that's you. That's your investment. That's not his fault that he's not playing well. Like, you, yeah. you're going to pay that money, then take it. But the AFLW is going to be careful when they go down the, the avenue of um, who you are and not what you're doing on field. Because if you start paying these players ridiculous amounts of money and they aren't performing as a tier one player or the best player in the comp who's getting the most money, then it's going to start looking pretty bad for the other players who are going to cut, start kicking up a stink. Because yeah. I know fair well that if my teammate's making copious amounts more money than me and they're not playing better than me, then you're going to start being like, what's going on here? Yeah. Well, I mean, according to, to the Herald Sun report by Mark Robinson, Taylor's getting paid $25,000 to play professional football. So yep. in, in, purely just from a football perspective, she's only getting paid $25,000. Yeah, which I is mean, not enough. Which is just not enough. There's yeah. no professional athlete in the world that could live off $25,000. And they've, they've, that's like, they've got a tough in that regards. Mm. Everyone, like, there's always an argument, like, you're going to go to buy your time and stuff. Like, we spoke about, like, Wayne Carey and... Um, Anthony Kudafidis. Anthony Kudafidis on a million dollars, like, like 20 years ago. And that was, like, crazy back then. Those two are, like, probably a Hall of Fame of best players you ever go down the competition. Mm. Players nowadays, I think the average pay is 350 which is obscured. It's not real. That's not real. Like, I'll, I can tell you from... I'm an average player. I'm not on that. So... Yeah. Um, going so the average player would not be on three hundred. No, no way, no, because yeah. it blows out. Because like you could have like three or four top tier players, and then the rest are like on scraps, not scraps, yeah. but like role playing wages, yeah. which I am. Yeah. So yeah, those things. I think it's just that is to want to be careful with what they um, avenue they go down in terms of what they're going to play players, and hopefully they start getting paid what they're worth. Because the AFLW is like, I've got a daughter, and I'd love her to, to you know have an ambition to play AFLW one day, and. I've got uh, family friends who are hopefully going to be playing AFLW and, and friends of you know, Emma and myself who are playing now, like Ali Anderson, those guys who are really, really good players that you know, they put their heart and soul into, into the AFLW and that's their career. That's, that's what they want to do for the, for the next 10 years if they can and that's, that's, that's their life. So I know it's tough um, for them, but um, hopefully you know, there's a bit of, bit of light in the tunnel for those guys and what they're worth. Absolutely. So I certainly think the AFLW as a, as a competition is going to have to come in and, and play a role with Carlton because, yeah, um, yeah I mean, geez, she's certainly, she certainly should be on three figures. You know? and, and you've got to think the psyche stuff. Like you see Moana Hope, what she, what she went through when she came in, she was a face of it, um, didn't perform like she was in the, the competition before she got drafted. Um, she didn't play anywhere near that. So she went out pretty quick um, and she's spoken about how that had played effect on her life and all that kind of stuff. So you got to understand, like, if you if you want to be the face of a competition, you got to cop it from the media. You can't complain about it. That's that's where I'm going to go down. Absolutely. Now, now looking ahead to, to Friday night at the Big Gabba. Big game. Massive game. Big Massive game. game. Friday night at the Gabba. Uh, the the whole area is going to be buzzing on Friday night, I'll tell you what. And and it's Richmond. They're coming to town. Uh, I mean, this is the, 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 there are games that you pencil in on the calendar, Ooh, yeah. and I reckon this is probably one of the first games that you would have penciled in at the start <laughs> of the year. Is that fair? Is that fair? That's assessment? a great assumption. No, yeah. no, this is definitely one of the biggest games of the year for us. Like, as I mentioned before, we're building a little rivalry with Richmond. Um, obviously, not the the likes of you know the Colin Richmond and the Essendon and Collingwood games and stuff, but you know they did beat us two years and two years ago in the final um, up here, and that that left a sour taste in our mouth. And we beat them last year and. Obviously, they went on to win the grand final, so that was a pretty tough um, pill for us to swallow. But in saying that, it's a very big game. And, um, you know, we've got a couple injuries with Darcy Gardner and Froggy going out on the weekend, which is, you know, sad to see. But we've got a couple more trips that can come and play that role for them. And we're excited. It's a big game, 740 game. Um, 
I believe it's all sold out. I've just got, I've just found out I have about 15 more cousins who are up here now of looking course. for tickets because yep. I've never seen them or heard them laugh and now they want tickets. <laughs> so I've got none for you guys. So stop hitting me up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a massive game for us. And, and if you want to start talking about ladder position, this is a big one for us because, you know, it gives us a little bit of a buffer there and, you know, Richmond are, are just below us. So yep. It's um it's a big game for us and we can't wait so it's uh it's uh, it's gonna be must 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 see footy and, and they snuck a win last week that they shouldn't have got really in the end against GWS yeah, yeah you saw the the famous Dusty Martin come out and uh, show you what he's worth he's um he's a phenomenal player I think kicks well, when Four I checked the stat when I checked yeah. stats it was like twenty and one at one stage and yeah. then twenty and four like yeah so you know Darcy would, would have probably had that role now we got Brendan Starsevich who's you know in AA form Australian form mm. at the moment so. If he gets him, that's a big feather for him that he'll try and get. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great game. There's going to be a lot of feeling in it. Um, and if you're there, you, Gabba fans, uh, Brisbane Lions fans, please get around us. I tell you what, if you can't be there in person, you, you get, you're going to be glued to the TV. Yeah. It's going to be what, what I feel like the game of the round. Um, so. You know, because oh, as you said, there's so much feeling between the two teams now. There is a bit of a rivalry that's building, um, and uh, you know they are missing a couple of players. As, as yeah. are you guys, yeah, they, so I think no, they've got still, a few out too, so it evens it up a little bit. Yeah, sure. I think it's going to be pretty even. So we might look ahead to this weekend. We've we've got do our tips tippies? going on here. We, we might as well do our tips. I think um, I don't know whether I might have snuck you in last week. I, I reckon I tipped North Melbourne, which might have. Giving me the edge. I got eight out of nine. You got eight out of nine, did yeah, you? Yeah, what'd you get? Oh, I don't reckon I got eight out of nine. Then. I'd maybe know for I'd... sure I got eight out of nine because okay. I've got a little tipping comp. Oh, okay, well, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm buying coffees then again. Well, you bought week. one this morning, so. Uh, yeah, okay, well, we're even then. We're even. Well, we'll, we'll let's start with, uh, let's start with, uh, uh, well, we're not going to start with Brisbane and <laughs> Richmond because it doesn't <laughs> I'm going to choose bad. Richmond. No, yeah, obviously, okay, well, obviously the Lions. Yeah, we'll, we'll go. We're, we're both default um, there. Yeah. Uh, Zach, you, can, you can choose whoever you want to choose. You don't uh, have to, if you want, if you think Richmond, you no, can no, no, no. I, I'll, I'll, don't worry. I'll tell you if I, if I don't think you're be, a chance. Be, be a man about it, bro. <laughs> I'll let you be know man. if I don't think you're a chance. But I, I am certainly going to. I reckon he's talking shit over here. I reckon, uh, I reckon the Brisbane Lions. What, what do you reckon, Jazz? I reckon. Uh, I reckon Lions. I reckon, yeah, I, I reckon the Lions too. What Is about it? you, Zaki? Got to go Lions. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We got four, got four now. Absolutely. Who, who do we? Uh, what, what are the games? Have you got the games in front of you, Zach? Do you know? Uh, do you know who's playing? I've got them here. Um... I'll, uh, I'll 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 lead us off with the first game on Saturday. So we've got Carlton versus Hawthorne, one forty-five p.m. at the MCG. Who are we thinking in that one? The Blues. I reckon the Blues will. Oh, but Hawks are going to want to come out and have a big game, wouldn't they? That's us against North Melbourne. Yeah, I mean, but Cripps has just re-signed. You know, it's it, there's going to be a lot of feeling amongst the group. I would have thought this week on the back of his extension. I'll say Hawks. I'm going Carlton. Yeah, I usually go Carlton, but I'm going Hawks this weekend. Yep, yep. Okay, fair enough. We've got, uh, what's the next game we've got here? We've got uh, Geelong. Geelong and Gold Coast. Geelong and Gold Coast. And where's that at, Zach? Doesn't matter. Geelong. <laughs> it's, uh, Geelong. it's down in Geelong. Yeah. Probably the yeah, difference Geelong. between a 50-point game and a 150-point. <laughs> I'll just choose Geelong. I've played against them. They're a good team. They're a very good team. Uh, yeah, no, Geelong, easy. Uh, who else we got? What we've we got, got Adelaide after? Crows versus Melbourne in Adelaide. Ooh, that could be a little smoky, but no, I'm I'm feeling Melbourne. I reckon they'll get the job done over there. Yeah, ten and zero, I think. Yeah, um, shit, that's a pretty good record. It's not bad, not bad at all. Uh, the Bulldogs versus St Kilda down at Marvel Stadium. Bulldogs. I'm going Saints. You got, no, you're not. Yeah, you're not. I am. I am. If, if you put money on it, you wouldn't go Saints. <sighs> well, I'll. I'll... I mean, we're doing this for coffees anyway, but I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking St Kilda. Oh, 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 yeah. I, I, St Kilda find a way to be competitive against really good teams. Yeah, they are. and St Kilda, they played finals last year. They're a good team. Yeah, they're still finding their mojo. But, um, but Bulldogs for me, man. Yeah, I mean, mate, Bulldogs are the real deal. I'll just, you know, Bulldogs are going to drop a couple of games this year. I, I'm going to go Saints. Okay, uh, we have Fremantle in 
Sydney Swans over in WA. Oh, I'll go Freo for this one. Uh, I, I think I think Fremantle will. They've got a home crowd, Optus Stadium. I reckon Optus Oval, whatever they're called. I reckon they'll do them. Sydney won, had a good win on the weekend, though. Yeah. If Sydney got Buddy back. I think he's no, he playing. Doesn't, he doesn't travel. He doesn't travel? Nah. Uh, he might be back, um, but I don't reckon he travels. Especially uh, to WA. Yeah. Per, yeah, I'm going for Freo. Yeah, I'm going for Freo, too. Then on Sunday, GWS against West Coast Eagles. Uh, that's at Giant Stadium. That's a tough game. I'm We're, going West Coast. I'm going that's Giants. A tough game. I'm going Giants. Yeah. I don't know how many games, like West Coast don't fall into the trap, like they don't travel well, but I think Giants, they should have been Richmond last week. So, like, that's a pretty nearly big scalp. I think they'll, I think they'll do West Coast. Yeah. Um, no, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go West Coast. Collingwood, uh, Port Adelaide at the MCG. Port, don't you? You got to go Port. Yeah, Port Adelaide. Yeah, yep, definitely. And then Essendon and North Melbourne at Marvel Stadium. Can they go back to back? If they're going to do it, they're going to do it this week, wouldn't they? I'm, I'm saying no. Yeah, I'm going Essendon too. I'm a good win. I'm proud of you guys. No, I'm proud of you guys. But yeah, Essendon, uh, they're actually going really well at the moment. Essendon. Yeah, I, I think Essendon will, uh, will, will get the win there. Yeah. Uh, I think that's us. Yeah, that's us for this week. So uh, shout out to our sponsors, of course. Uh, thank you, SEN, for allowing us to be in these fantastic, fantastic uh, studios. Uh, we've got Telstra and 7 AFL. Uh, is that? That's the house. That's the house. We're not at the house anymore, but still shout out the house for doing coffee. Oh, they they do photo shoots for me. We do have Culture Kings as our ambassador, uh, as our uh, clothing sponsor. Yes. But we haven't got anyone on today, so a shout out to Absolutely. Thank you, Sean and Tom, for coming up. Um, the drive home will be a lot smoother for you, I dare say. Um, that's my word of the day, I reckon, dare say. Yep. I said it four times. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, thank you for coming up. We will edit this, chuck it on tonight, hopefully get ticked off by the club, and hopefully get a big win against Richmond, and uh, we talk to you guys next week. Get the W. Let's go. Bye.